welcome to episode 151 of what? Ministry Leaders Anonymous. This 151? I know, we had a two-part episode, so we weren't able to celebrate episode 150 last week. Thank you, Jason Duterman. He was our 150th on the second one yeah, it's part, part two was to the 150th. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not as exciting as you no, would hope. Not. Like, oh, it's a part two. Let's celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to start today without the intro. Really? In oh my front gosh. of us. What do we do? We have to do it from memory. Are oh, you ready? All right, let's see. Let's go. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as messed up as Chris is, we hope to bring a light light, and hope to th- darkness. <laughs> there we go. All right. So uh, I, uh, um, I tried to throw you under the bus and then I forgot the line. <laughs> you fumbled and then you got trampled. So that it's was like great. every time you're in mass and you mess up like one word, then you can't remember what the next words are supposed to be. <laughs> You just get quiet. Group prayer when you're reading along. I'm sure ministry leaders, you can relate to this. Like you're reading along and it doesn't matter who, if you're all reading a scripture verse or a prayer together and one person messes up one word, everyone's reading value. Just go, everyone gets real quiet. I'm going to read at this level from now. Because you don't want to be the one that's I don't like, want to mess up. You know. I, like, I have to tell you, like twice, the last two daily masses I've gone to, I don't know if it's the way that the priest has said the closing prayer before the sending, but I've loudly said, thanks be to God, when I'm supposed to just say amen. Because <laughs> the next part is thanks be to God. And it's like, I swear, guys, I've gone to mass more than once. <laughs> well, the, the best the best is when it was a long homily. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, gosh, glad that's <laughs> you're over. You're kind of dazed out. And then someone does that, because I've been in liturgies where someone does that, and it's like, thanks be to God, they say it real loud. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's over. Thanks be to God. Like, that was a long homily. Father, let that sink in, you know? So, yeah, it's, oh, it's these moments. So, uh, to start to start and introduce today's topic, as I hit my microphone, very gentle. Otherwise, and we can Haley. show your professionalism after 151 episodes. <laughs> You've gotten real good at this. <laughs> I'm talking with my hands for all those viewers on YouTube. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. You can find it here on the podcast or also on YouTube, but I hit it with my hand, I'm talking with my hands for y'all. But as, I want to start with a story. As a child, my father used to play guitar in the living room, and he'd play a lot of James Taylor and a lot of other stuff. One of the songs that he used to play quite a bit is probably the most famous song by Kenny Rogers. Do you know okay. that song? Uh, no. It's called The Gambler. Okay. You gotta know when to hold Oh, em. yeah. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. And so here we are. We've been holding them, man. We've been holding them for 151 episodes now. For is over this 150 your episodes. subtle way of telling all of our listeners that we're folding? Matt gets done. fired. That that's the other title of this episode is Matt gets fired, right? No, but but there there there's a point where in the song The Gambler and also, you know, uh, Wall Street Bets and all this other stuff that's been going on is like when do you let go of certain things? Sure. And when do you when do you double down on certain things? Yeah. So in in the pandemic, we all had to let go of in-person ministry. Sure. Right? And there is not another time in history where it would have been like let's fold on this one and let go of in-person ministry. That doesn't seem like that would have ever made sense. Like seriously, three years ago, never would have made sense. So that was a very obvious no when to fold them moment. Is like, okay, I'm. I guess I'll stop my in person ministry now. <laughs> yeah. Now that 
like the government is making me <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and and there, there's a perception that if you gather, people will die, right? Yeah. Whether yeah. or not that perception is reality and follow the science or whatever, that's all this other conversation. But in, in a very similar situation, it, it, it may be like that like gathering as Christians is illegal and the government has outlawed it. That is not a time to fold it, right? That's a time maybe to find a new way to do it. You know, an, another way to gather. Does that make sense? And, and I, I may be going too deep and too too, deary, too serious. <laughs> no, d- dive in. You know, but but <laughs> I are at stake and you're like, let's make it martyrdom. Okay, <laughs> jump on in. Water's fine. Um, but like there were times like throughout the, from what I, I, I talked to other people that were from up north where somebody, we would go outside and go for a walk and their neighbor would call the police on them because they went on a walk. They're supposed to be on a quarantine. And like they, people were getting arrested for stuff like this and it's, or like whatever, it's like, holy moly, like during the, like during the quarantine, that's one thing. But like, if it's, if they have outlawed your faith, that's another thing, you know? So it's just, you know, and people would call on you and, and say, Hey, I've heard these Christians gathering at this Bartlett house. They, they pray and stuff, you know, and then boom, you know, like, are you going to fold? We did for, uh, for Palm Sunday last year, we had like 25 people in my front yard and we were doing praise and worship. We borrowed a speaker from my neighbor. Nice. And there were there were people in different yards just kind of spread out. And it was beautiful. And and because we said we had to fold on, this was back when mass was not in person. Mass wasn't possible. Um, and so we had to fold on um, in-person ministry. But we did not give up on ministry. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest tragedy is that a number of parishes, and even now some parishes are like, we're not doing ministry. Not that we're not doing ministry in person. That makes sense. And in some areas that still makes sense, right? Um, But that we're not doing ministry at all. I think some people folded too hard. Yeah. Or or it remained folded. Um, And I I don't know why we're using that term, but maybe that term is the right term based on the song that you sang at the beginning of this episode. But (laughs) we're we're doubling down on an analogy. This is what, what ministry leaders do. I know that when I was like last year, when... When all the shutdowns were happening, in my mind, I was like, there's no way that the Catholic Church is going to cancel Mass. And they did. And it was like, wait a second. You know, and so that and that was a moment of fold that I, that I, as a layperson or whatever, looked at and I was like, oh my God, why? Like, and, and it was, and so anyway, I, I know that like even... So as a ministry leader, there are going to be times when you fold something that has to be folded for a period of time or whatever, or forever. Um, mass is not folded forever, <laughs> but, um, but there may be th- times when you, when you have to fold something and the people that you have been serving through that are devastated and they're like asking why, and they may scream and fight and buck the decision, but it, it may still be the right decision. I may have received my theological formation from maybe a more orthodox organization than yours. Not not to go one side or the other, but just to clarify, mass did not get folded. Mass did not stop. The liturgy was still held. Priests all over the world are still praying for the people of the church. I love you. I love you, but I hate how nitpicky and litigious you get on some of these answers. I know mass was not canceled. uh, We have priests that listen to our podcast. (laughs) It would be like irate right now because the liturgy continued, but it was no longer open to the public. And that that in and of itself was tragic. And it did get folded in a way. I was not specific enough in my terminology. My ability to go to mass was canceled. Yes. 
as as was for most people. But mass was not canceled. For the record, I mass agree. Was not canceled. I agree. So, I should be um, more careful with my words. Sorry, Father. <laughs> Good. There's a couple of priests, so sorry, fathers, would be um, not to get nitpicky. Yes, I'm picking on you, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Yay. It only took 150 episodes for Chris to get the courage, and here he is. I'm going to pick on you, mister. So, the, but the question is, Matt, here's the challenge, right? So people at, at parishes, they said we have to fold or we have to, to stop the in-person ministry, but now we're going to pivot or figure out how to do uh, digital ministry. Ministry is still going to continue in other ways. Um, but what if you're in a situation where you're like, this ministry model is no longer meeting the needs of the people that we serve, mm-hmm. um, but we've always done it that way. The parish has momentum behind it. Why? Because uh, their children and grandchildren experience this, you know, and and sometimes, and I hate to say this, but sometimes it takes a leader to leave or to pass away in order for a program to actually be transformed to meet the needs that emerged 15 years ago in that community. And yeah. that's where I say you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. We have doubled down on this podcast and we are sticking with it. And there are fruits that are coming for it and they're ongoing fruits. And we're able to adjust and adapt the content to be able to meet the growing needs of the ministry leaders we seek to serve through this podcast. However, if all of a sudden people lost their ears and we kept making this podcast, we would be fools. And so how, at what point do we know that our ministry is time to go ahead and pack it up so we make space for another opportunity? Yeah, and there and there may come a time, like, even if people don't lose their ears, where we realize that it's time to fold like, and, and, and to be done with this podcast. And, and that's okay. It doesn't, and, and part of that is knowing that that doesn't mean you failed. You know, oh, well, we failed, so now we have to fold, you know, and the I, I was thinking about what it might look like as a leader, because like you, you are the leader, like ministry leader in whatever way, like whether it's in your family in different programs or whatnot. So you are called on to make those hard decisions. One, like know when to hold it. Okay, I've, I've got to hold the line. I've got to stick with it. It was just done poorly or it needs to be revitalized or whatever. There's something I need to do as a leader to to redo this. And you're only really going to know this answer through prayer. But then also as a leader, it's gonna you're going to have to be the one who makes the hard decision of when to fold it, when to quit it, and not wimp out and wait for some other external thing to happen for you to do that. I know that um, you know when things like the pandemic happen, and there could be other things that happen, Um, whether it's the transition of personnel or something like that, but that is used as a smokescreen to make the changes we want to make. Okay, good. This happened. Now I can do this. And that's not, that's not a strong leader. That's not leadership. That's vision is the reason we have to make these changes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to a degree that vision is we're going to constantly respond to people's needs. And we have these needs that are emerging in our parish and our community because we've grown, we've shrunk, the social situation has changed. Something is different and we need to respond to that instead of, and I see that, right? It's okay to fire people. Like, let me just say that if the vision has changed, it's okay to let good people go so they can go do great things elsewhere. If their services are no longer providing great things where you're at. Yeah. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. And right? for the record, Matt Rice is my boss. Technically, he is my <laughs> boss. So me saying this is an act of boldness. But seriously, Matt, you let me go so I can go spread my wings elsewhere if for some reason I'm no longer bringing value to this organization. 
Amen. Absolutely. And I expect you would do that with other people, which is why I can double down on this organization because I know that we're going to invest in ways that are adaptive and growth focused in, in response to the gospel. And like, yeah. it's unbelievable to work with Ablaze Ministries in an organization that is so responsive to the gospel, in spite of the fact that there are hardships that come every single semester we get hit with one hardship and another, but that's not time to fold them. Whereas other hardships might be, well, this is the sign that you've been looking for, but never yeah. use it as a smoke screen. Like I yeah. agree to, to take care of things that you should have taken care of years ago. Yeah. And there are times, you know, when things start, like they just dwindle down into almost nothing. And it's like, well, I may, this, this isn't meeting a need anymore. Like people don't need this anymore. We should stop doing it. Um, and, and that would happen. Like I, I was, I, I was thinking like, we should just do a, a really like subtle guilt trip, not so subtle guilt trip for our listeners. Like, I mean, if we stop getting ratings, you know, on, you know, for our podcast and we get no ratings for a period of time, then we might just have to quit this podcast. <laughs> Because the 19 reviews that we've had so far have really been what's been sustaining us through 150 episodes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, But no, but seriously, like as far as like, to be honest from that, if, if engagement drops, if the downloads drop, if like people commenting and saying, hey, this really meant something to me or this really like was powerful, if those go away, those are signs, you know, for Chris and I. And this is not a guilt trip at all. This is this also goes for like you guys evaluating what you're doing and whether or not to hold or fold. If there is not fruit being born from what you're doing, and that that's the fruit of this ministry is is impact in the lives of ministry leaders around the world, around the country. If that impact isn't happening, um, it, it may be time to fold. Correct. Or, or and, and fold that that program. Right? Sure. I don't think yeah. it's time to fold on the gospel or anything like that. And that's not what we're talking about. It's talking about folding programs to make room to build new tents, new programs, new ministries. Now, an example of this that I want to give in regards to a folding that might seem like you should do it, but you shouldn't, is uh, I recently gave a workshop on uh, engaging parents of Generation Z. Okay. And one of the things that that is encouraged is that you remain consistent in communication. Now, when you're communicating to parents, you're sending out emails and the open rate is somewhere between 25 and 40 percent, you know, mm-hmm. unless it says sacrament somewhere in the title, then it's more close to, <laughs> to 40 to 45 percent or something like that. Um, and then unless it's a requirement, there's typically no response. And so you're sending out these communications, sending out communications. And by the time a semester is done, you've sent out probably thousands of emails, right? If each individual person counts as an email, right? You're yeah, sending about it out through. You've sent out a thousand like, to, to the list. Yikes. Like 10 emails to 100 parents. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. 10 emails to 100 parents is a thousand emails. So you send out a lot of communication and typically in a given semester you might only have three four parents hit reply and say hey chris thanks for that email that was really informative now the challenge is is us remaining consistent in that says bloop here's another email bloop here's another voicemail bloop here's another text message i care about your youth mm-hmm. i care about your children we want to serve them and then when a crisis happens they know that they can run to you to help you navigate that because you've seen that. And so you're not going to know the fruit of that ministry. It's like a buried fruit. It doesn't mean stop sending out communications. Keep doing that so that they know. And the analogy that I use is that you're building a bridge from your side to theirs. It's not like it's on two sides of a cliff and they're both building towards the center. 
you're building from your side to theirs, and then they will use that bridge when they need to come to you for something. And oftentimes that's in a time of crisis or great need. And so that's the fruit of that time. So I would say continue and remain consistent in the midst of that, even though there's not a feedback loop that's as uh, quick or effective as getting text messages from some of our listeners after our podcast airs. Is there a connection to like the engineering feat of building a bridge from one side to the other? I just think of how difficult it would be once you reach like the halfway point, like just in, in an engineering sense, you know, like continuing to build that bridge is really, really hard once you hit over halfway. It's unbelievable when, when you start, and there's gotta be a ministry analogy in this, but like for Niagara Falls, to build that bridge across, they first, you know how they got across? They couldn't get, like, they couldn't fly it across. They couldn't throw it across. Um, do you know how they started doing it? No. It's a suspension bridge. They had someone, they had a contest, and they had someone fly a kite to the other side. That's crazy. And then they tied a slightly thicker string to the end of the kite and pulled that across. And then a thicker string and a thicker, and then they ended up getting the big old metal um you know those suspension bridge yeah, things yeah, yeah. that's that's how they started doing that is just a little kite and i think about <laughs> there's got to be an analogy in there is like what is your kite that you're flying right now as you're exploring a new way to serve and minister to people and how will that be as a rock steady as that bridge that goes across the united states and canada on a niagara falls just it started with a <laughs> kite string you guys it's unbelievable. What, a, what a random little tangent i don't know why <laughs> My heart collects little stories and you opened up my toolbox and I just had to pull that one out. So bridge building, that's Chris Bartlett and bridge building, ladies and gentlemen. So um, back on topic, how, how do we all know how to double down and how to, uh, how to have grit. I do think sometimes when we're holding them, I think we need to tell people why, Hey, I've only seen four people come to our, our going deeper Bible study, but for those four people, they're going to each reach three people in the next year. And that four turns into 16 or 12 or whatever math. You know what I mean? That t- turns into 16. And uh, and so we're, we're doubling down on this program and we're going to keep going with it. Well, and it, and it may not even be doubling down, but like, you know, people may look at different things you do and say, hey, you only had two people at RCIA this year, you know, so we're going to go ahead and combine our RCIA program with this other parish. Or we're going to close ours and just let people go through this other parish. Right. Um, and and that may be the right decision. I don't know. Um, but it it may not be. Like, you may be able to say, no, 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 no. Wait. Like, for these two people, it was amazing. And they got so invested into our parish because of what we did here. They now know this person and that person and this person. They've gotten connected with this family and that family and at our parish. And so that, that, that inter parish connection between that person is so strong. There may be other reasons to hold it rather than just the number of people that are coming. Yes. Sorry. We're getting off. I I know we've talked about this like on a different level, but I know, but, but the demographics of numbers are sometimes a great way to measure whether or not you should keep a program. However, or keep doing a specific ministry or an aspect of ministry. However, the demographic of numbers is not always the best measurement of whether or not you should continue something. And so that that's a great example. But but I guess my question is, is when you recognize it's time to fold a program or to shut down or end a program, what are what are the best ways to do that? Right? Because uh for for this youth or for this parent or this family, that program meant the world five years ago when it when it helped their son convert, have their initial conversion. And now their son's in seminary. What are you doing shutting down this program? It made a priest. Like, yeah, but it hasn't 
made a difference in the last 18 months? Like, how yeah. do you go about doing that, Matt? I, I would like just, just spitballing here um, is make a big deal about it being the last one. Like this is the last semester that we're doing this um, and make a big deal out of it. Maybe even get the parents that had been involved before who it did impact and ask them to be a part of the, I don't know how Swan there's gotta be a better, yeah, the part of the shutdown crew, like there's gotta be a better name than that, you know, but like, you know, the people that, that come and celebrate the effectiveness of that program, um, so that you're actually honoring, you know, what God has done, um, over the, over the years, you know, shutdown crew. And you could get them shirts of people rolling the stone to cover up Jesus's tomb. They could be like <laughs> the soldiers that did that. Like, I'm just imagining all the different, like, that's a horrible name. I love oh, it's it. awful. So, don't use it, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, and just imagine recruiting people for that. Uh, do you want to be a part of shutdown crew? Oh boy. You know, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So, so making a big deal. Cause that honors the legacy of, of that, that ministry. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to shut something down and then I can, I don't know, and bad talk it, you know, and say, Oh, we're, we're shutting it down cause it's useless. You know, we're shutting this down because it's, I don't know, whatever, but it, because it did bear fruit at, at some point and it was impactful in someone's life. And it may, it may have been impactful in someone's life that year, just not enough, you know, to continue doing it. Right. Um, one piece is possibly we're shutting this down to make space for this ministry or this other aspect. In this season of our parish, we have found X, Y, and Z, and that's why we're pivoting in this way. Yeah, you say this all the time, like this no right here about this thing is so we can say a bigger yes to this other thing that God is calling us to. Yes, I, I learned that from another Christopher, Christopher West. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. It's a theology of the body thing. There's a couple of people that, did, that just went, wee! Uh, some of our <laughs> listeners. Yay, I love it. Um, and some of our listeners have not heard that noise before in 150 episodes. <laughs> there's a lot of new things happening right now with Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Um, so the, the, the other aspect, I think, is, is sharing the, the future vision, but also to acknowledge. Like, sometimes it's okay to, to shut down things that were fruitful for a season and to acknowledge what that need, a changing need is even if we don't have an answer for it. Like we're taking this next semester off and we don't know how we're going to respond because we have to figure out, we have to learn the need. So I now have an extra hour and a half a week to sit down with parishioners and talk about this, their needs and how we can best meet their needs because this is clearly not meeting their needs. And that's not bad talking the program if it's an honest assessment, if we can actually have some demographics appointed. Like, yeah, that's great, but there's only two people coming and they already come to 18 other things. They already have their needs met in a, in a large way, you know? Yep. So, um, but, but it does have to be done tenderly. And I do think it needs to be done with, uh, with open clarity on, on the totality of the situation. And sometimes that's hard. It's like this program was really dependent on an employee that's no longer on our team anymore. He retired or she quit or whatever. Like we can't sustain this ministry that was built around kind of like what Michael says, cult of personality it built around yep. one single person. Chris, you're looking at me like, what? What are, are we supposed to fold this this podcast? Are we done? <laughs> I, no, I was I was trying to. I've, we had a couple of things that we talked about talking about. I went through the list in my head. Did we talk about all the things we wanted to talk about? Because this is not about starting a new program. That that should be another episode or another conversation altogether. Um, but the the one other piece that I think that we need to spend a little bit more time on is when it requires to to continue on in the midst of things that are difficult. Right. 
And so this is where um, I think the word, you know, you don't ask if you can do something, but how you can do something. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, parishes would have been blessed by more ministry leaders asking that question of like, we can't meet in person. We're just going to shut down for the rest of the spring semester. This is last spring when many programs are like, we'll just end the semester early in March, right? It's almost spring break anyways. We'll just miss the last four sessions. But there were other ministry leaders that said, no, we're going to figure out how. I want to figure out how we can continue to finish out our semester or how we can continue to engage the youth or the the, the people that we serve over the summer. Um, because I think a lot of us thought that this pandemic would be a lot shorter than it was. And a lot of us um, saw some people just say, we'll wait it out. And I felt like a lot of ministries got put in the timeout corner or in the waiting room and they, they didn't come out until it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, the fall semester is here. We need to start things up again yeah. when things should have been going all along the way. Yeah, last last year was a moment to draw. So if we're going to stick with this, you know, poker analogy, you know, no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to draw, like no one to turn in a couple of cards and get a couple back. Like that was a, that was a draw moment. That was a time to like to stay in, stay in the hand, just get a couple different cards because we needed to continue doing ministry just in a different way. Right. But some, uh, there were some people that folded and just waited for the next hand to be dealt and it still hasn't been formally dealt yet, you know? And so that, that, that's how do we, how do we know when it's time to continue to push when, when maybe our pastor comes in and says, you know, I'm not really impressed with, uh, the fruits of this ministry, but you are convinced that this is where the Holy Spirit is calling you and your program to go. Like, how, how do you how do you defend that? Yeah, and that that was a moment of trying something. Oh, that didn't work. Try something else. Oh, that didn't work. Or try something. It worked for a while, and then it stopped working. So now it's time to try something else. And yeah, you have to defend. And I don't know if this is exactly where you're going, but like defending all of the different permutation of, of you trying to do ministry in in new ways. So we talk about in a blaze ministry when we're working with the missionaries, we talk about how money follows mission, right? It follows vision. And so I think sometimes is going back to starting with the why. Mm-hmm. Like why are you doing what you're doing? And we need to remind people of it, you know. Um you, you sometimes need that in marriages as well of like, wait, why did we get married to each other again? Because feels like we're just all logistics, driving kids everywhere and doing all these things. It's like, no, we got we got married because we wanted Christ at the center of our life and we wanted to carry each other to heaven. Okay, then how does that matter today when I have four meetings between now and 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. and then we both have to go watch our daughter at this or that? You know, and so it's, yeah. it's this crazy time. And so to, to remember to share that why along the way helps you double down and helps other people get behind it as well. I think with volunteers, it's important to get them to the core of that as well because no one wants to be a part of a perceived losing team or perceived losing program. And there've been a lot of programs that have experienced a sharp, drastic drop in numbers over the last 12 months. And to remind people, like it's never been about the numbers. It's always been about the hearts. And some people are like, you mean heart? There's only one youth that's showing up. And it's like, yes, then we are going to share God's love super dynamically with that one teen. So we can learn how to share God's love with more teens as they start to return, as we draw them back in. And it's like, oh, so this is now kind of a training ground. That's why we're continuing this ministry. And you're like, let's call it that. Let's call it a training ground. Let's continue to learn and grow um, in regards to that. So doubling down is important at times. It's not important every single time, but you can't be afraid to double down. It is. uh, It's it's interesting because there have been multiple people that I've spoken to over the years where I'm like, why in the heck are you still there? 
Like, why are you still doing what you're doing, whether it, you know, whatever reason it is? Because I think about that, that analogy, like, or the song, you know, no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to walk away, no one to run. Like, some of these, like, were like, like situations I would have ran from, yes. like, not even like thought about it, you know, but, but they're holding them and they're doubling down. And even when I suggest that they walk away or run, they, they still say, no, 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 no. I, I, I am the only light here. I have to stay, you know, and it's like, and, and it's so noble and it's just like, and that is where God has called them and what God has called them to do. I'm just glad he didn't call me to it. <laughs> we were reflecting about how to get to God's love. Sometimes he calls us through the desert first. Yep. And, uh, and that desert was 40 years, you know, I, I, I couldn't stand 40 days in some of the, the the environments that some of these ministry leaders have been in in a number of years. And so good for you guys for leaning into that calling when you know God is calling you forward. Yeah. If he's calling you to hold him, he is there with you, like, Amen. regardless. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, and so thank you guys so much. A special thanks to Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Is it Kenny Loggins or Kenny Rogers? Rogers. I'm pretty sure it's Rogers. <laughs> Kenny Loggins is a singer too, right? I don't know. <laughs> or is that like a maple syrup producer? I don't know. Thank you to the Kenny who helped uh, make the show possible with some amazing uh, talent in songwriting. It's actually um, thanks to your dad for singing the Kenny. Oh my gosh. I, do, I don't know if I've heard Kenny, my, Kenny being sung except for my dad covering him. And so he's... <laughs> Anyways, my dad just got done with surgery. They, they, we still have the same couches in my parents' house that my dad sat on and sang those songs to me. That's they crazy. Got this this weird, like, definitely 1978 type of print on them and everything. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So thanks. Yeah, my dad. My dad's been going through some health stuff, and just sharing that memory is been kind of beautiful for me so thank you um yeah thanks for journeying with us over the last 150 episodes as we journey into episode 151 and beyond we would love for you guys to subscribe or give reviews or just give us feedback or suggestions on what you would like to hear as needs continue to emerge in the midst of ministry leadership we are here for you we've shown that over the last 150 episodes and we look forward to the next 150 Absolutely. Send any feedback you guys have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with people. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to look at the hands you've been dealt to thank God for them and to figure out if it's time to hold them, fold them, walk away, or run. And we'll see you next week at Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. Yeah, 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 absolutely.